As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. And welcome to From the Rookerender, a podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Watford 6, Bristol City nil. We've been waiting for it. Oh, we've been praying for it. This weekend's podcast is a little different. It's going to be the story of Mike and his time at Vicarage Road yesterday. As some of you may know, he works for Opta uh, on match days, all part of their statistical gathering gang. Don't ask me. I don't even know what XG really, really is. And he was at Vicarage Road and we try to capture what that experience is like at the moment uh, on an empty stadium. He, of course, catch up with a few people who are also lucky enough to be there. Mr. Adam Leventhal, the Watford correspondent for The Athletic. Uh, uh, see what he thought of the game. But also, Miss Kelly Summers. Uh, you I've heard her a few weeks ago on the midweek podcast. It wasn't a good game we talked about, but now she gets to speak to us about a 6-0 win. So Michael, catch up with those a bit later on. Thank you so much for all your feedback uh, on the podcast via our social medias at Watford Podcast, on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook, particularly about the, the podcast we did in the week with Adam uh, and his interview he'd done with Filippo Giraldi. Uh, that podcast is, is still out there for you to listen to if you haven't done so yet. And also you can read the article on theathletic.com. Of course, if you're not a subscriber, you can go to theathletic.com forward slash rookery end and sign up. It's $3.99 a month at the moment, which is about 13, 14p a day, depending on how you round your decimals. As a subscriber, you get ad-free versions of this podcast, uh, as well as getting the, uh, the fantastic world-class analysis and coverage of sport that The Athletic have grown their reputation in in the last few years. So... What happened yesterday at Vicarage Road? Well, you know the score. You probably saw it on Hive Live. But what was it like for Mike going to the game? Let's find out how he was feeling at the beginning of the day. I wonder if he was uh, jubilant and happy at that point. Hmm. Hello, this is Mike. It's just gone 12 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, Saturday the 13th of February. Uh, the day before Valentine's Day, but of course the thing we all love on a Saturday is going to the football. 
And I'm one of the lucky people, one of the lucky few who are able to go to see Watford in action. So I thought I'd take you with me. This podcast is going to be kind of like the story of my day, what it's like going to Watford during these strange times, what it's like at Vickery Road. And uh, we'll see who we can catch up with to get, a, get their views on the, on the game and the performances of Watford. Which, of course, last three games have been a bit disappointing, really, haven't they? We've lost ground on the on the promotion places on the top two there with some pretty lacklustre displays so we're hoping for a better performance today and I have to say that easy for me to say I'm off to the game but I'm, even when I'm not going I do wake up on a Saturday or a Tuesday or a Monday whenever it is Watford are playing and I still get that skip in my step still get that sort of match day still feel different whether you're going or not um, and so I'm feeling positive today I'm going to try and take a little bit of that with me to Vicarage Road and see uh, see if we can see a decent Watford win because quite frankly we need we need it don't we I think for a whole host of reasons as Watford supporters we need it to give us a bit of a uh, bit of cheer a bit of joy back in our lives during this difficult time and I think the team need it as well don't they it's been a like I said really really difficult week we've lost ground at the top it feels like we're still struggling to find that identity um, but I've taken a few steps to try and uh, see if I can snap the voodoo I looked at my bag earlier and I realised that. Um, I failed to take off the security tags that get stuck on your bag every time they get checked. So I wondered if that was bringing a bit of bad juju into the game. So I've cut all those off. And also in a bit of reverse sort of bad luck, I am wearing, I was looking around for warm clothes to to, to wear today, and I found a pair of football socks. Um, And the last time I wore them was when I snapped my Achilles uh, the day before the FA Cup final at Watford, playing on the pitch at Vicarage Road. So I've put those on for the first time in a sort of bid to, I don't know, break a curse. And uh, hopefully those actions, I can't see how it failed. Cutting bits of uh, uh, fluorescent coloured paper off my bag and wearing football socks. I can't seem, I can't fail to see how they will deliver a good result for Watford. But anyway, enough of that nonsense. I'm off to Vicarage Road. The sun's shining. The temperature's gone up as I've been talking, proving once and for all and uh, scientifically that I do talk nothing but hot air but anyway off to Watford come on you golden boys so I've just turned left from Harwoods Road and uh, to be greeted with the site that quite frankly will will never get old turning left onto Vicarage Road and I can see there before me Vicarage Road Stadium and ever since I've been coming since I was a, a little kid it's a site that I don't know, it's hard to articulate, it's just exciting. It means one thing, it means match day, it means getting to see Watford. So, absolutely love it and uh, never lost on me. Uh, just sort of the awe and excitement, just turning the corner and seeing the stadium. It's, uh, it's absolutely superb, of course. Very, very different approaching the ground today. Usually the, um, the road would be shut, Vicarage Road would be shut. Uh, there'd be programme sellers, you'd be able to see the, uh, the see and smell the, uh, the food for sale, there'd be the away fans starting to arrive, most of them looking cross that they can't get a drink in the ground. But none of that, there's absolutely none of that. You can probably hear the, uh, the traffic is passing as per normal down Vicarage Road and the most activity really is people popping in and out of uh, Wenzel's, uh, which for those of you who haven't been here for a little while, there is now a Wenzel's pretty much next to the club shop on Vicarage Road. You wouldn't know there's a match on. Which, you know, I guess that's, that's the way it is, but it's, it's kind of sad. You still get that excitement seeing the ground, but you don't get the buzz of... You would get from match day, there's no, no programme sellers, no burger van, no nothing. The only real indication that there's a the match on is at top of Occupation Road is uh, the stewards, uh, who they're just making sure that people who head down Occupation Road are, are supposed to be heading down there, either if you live there or you're going to the game. So that's the only real telltale sign that there's... 
a game on today, which which is sad, really. Almost a year now, of course, since since fans have well, the, the ground was open fully. So yeah, it's always exciting to see the ground, but uh, but tinged with sadness. Just walking down Occupation Road now, and as luck would have it, the Watford team bus has just arrived. Uh, so just seeing the uh, the players coming off the coach there. Hopefully they're ready for the game today. But my job now, I need to go and get my bag searched before going. Uh, then temperature check. You have to have a temperature check every time you come in uh, to get your accreditation. Then I'll be into the ground and basically trying to stay warm. So temperature check done, accreditation got. And into Vicarage Road it is. And much like when you get that first glimpse of the stadium from outside, walking up Vicarage Road... Uh, words still really can't describe that thrill you get when you see inside Vicarage Road. And I really must say, just looking at it now, Vicarage Road Stadium these days does look an absolute picture. Beautiful, brisk, freezing cold, but bright day today. Vicarage Road bathed in sort of winter sunlight. And the, the stadium really is incredible. And just taking a minute just to remember what it was like and where we come from now, all the corners filled in, it just truly is wonderful. And of course, the only thing... Missing is, is supporters, and it, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's always tinged with sadness and to, to come in knowing that the, the, the supporters aren't going to be here to, to cheer the boys on. But, yeah, just seeing that expanse of green, I think it still gives you that excitement. There's still the same boyish, childlike sort of awe when you see it and the, the hope and anticipation of, of everything that might come to pass. Let's hope today that what comes to pass is a, is a positive performance. My job now is to go and find out the uh, teams. I have to get those... Uh, teams confirmed get the formations down and get those off um to to Opta, who then uh, uh obviously program them in ahead of the game so that's my job i'll be doing that now uh, and let's wait and see what happens let's wait and see which uh, which team Jisco goes for this afternoon now then i talked about the boyish excitement i get when i see the pitch and the stadium well that is nothing compared to the excitement that uh, just went through me as uh, someone that works here at Watford mentioned that a QPR uh, member of staff is coming to to watch the game today. A man named John Eustace is going to be in the ground so hopefully I'll get to uh, I'll get to lay eyes on uh, well basically he's my idol he's my hero he's my man crush whatever you want to call it uh, I'm uh, pretty open and honest about that I love John Eustace and uh, bizarrely enough if you'd seen me on Twitter this morning I found my um, uh, wear a desk vest for Danny Day uh, vest uh, on which I said when I grow up I want to be John Eustace I took a picture of that I don't know if I'm quite sad enough to show him that I think I probably am if I see him so uh yeah, uh, stay tuned for, uh, for any John Eustace updates. Right, team's in. Team's dispatched to uh, up to 10 minutes now to kick off and we've got the tune from uh, the greatest showman blaring out over the, over the tannoy as we build up to uh, kick off. Who will be the great showman for Watford this afternoon? Bristol City starting with a, a left-back. This is his championship debut, so hopefully Ishmael Asar can perhaps make some inroads down that right-hand side on for Watford, the left-hand side for, for Bristol City, who are beleaguered by injuries. He's been uh, speaking to a couple of guys from the Bristol City media team. and uh, Yeah, they're uh, playing all right, but struggling for personnel. So this is another big opportunity for Watford. Come on, you Hornets, you can do it. Let's go. 
Well, it's, uh, it's 2.56 here at Vicarage Road. Uh, the sounds of Technocat in the background there. Music to the ears of so many Watford fans down the years. Just quick John Eustace update. No sign of him so far, which is a little bit disappointing. Just craning my head left and right. Can't see him anywhere. He may, I guess, be uh, hiding from me, quite frankly, because uh, if he knows just how deep my love for him is, uh, is then, uh, then I'll do the same. So, yeah, just a couple of uh, minutes now till kick-off. No sign of John Eustace as we wait for the teams here at Vickery Road. And by the way, it is absolutely freezing. There it is, then. That sound that we all long to hear. Lucky to be here hearing it live. Zed Cars. Tom Cleverly leaving out Watford. Uh, Daniel Batman there. Yeah, Watford out on the pitch. And as ever, I keep saying it, but it's still got that buzz. Seeing the team come out, hearing that music. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely love it. Can Watford finally turn in the performance that we know that they've got within them? You look out there and you see a great side. Uh, just about to announce the sides. And we know that this is a decent Watford side. We know that there's quality there. Is today the day they finally show it? Only uh, time will tell. A couple of minutes away from kick-off here at Vicarage Road. Come on, you Hornets. It's going to be a minute's applause for Tony Collins, who played for Watford and Bristol City, uh, assistant manager and chief scout, so uh, an important man for both these clubs. And it's going to be... So now, please join us for a minute's applause to remember Tony's service to both of today's clubs and football as a whole, starting on the whistle of the referee. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League 1? FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. From the Rookery End... A podcast about life following Watford FC. 
full time here at Vicarage Road and Watford have triumphed six goals to nil. Striking problems, what striking problems? Six of the best for the Hornets this afternoon. Rounded off with a lovely one right at the end with Philip Zinkenagel tapping in after a lovely counter-attacking move. So, yeah, 6 nil to Watford. Freezing cold, um, but a, uh, a, a performance to warm uh, even the coldest parts of my body, which we won't go into too much. I was hoping to maybe get a socially distanced... Uh, well, you can't have no such thing as a socially distanced hug, is there? But hopefully to get warmed up by John Eustace. Still no sign of John Eustace. Someone must have tipped him the wink that I was on the prowl for him. But there you go. Not going to be too grumpy. Even I'm not going to be too grumpy. It's... Uh, Final whistle as the lads just go through their, their wall down. It's Watford 6, Bristol City nil. Come on, you Hornets. There she is, a very cold but happy-looking Kelly Summers. Kelly, how are you doing? Well, a lot better after that. It's nice to be talking positively about Watford, isn't it? That's exactly what we all needed, I think. It is what we needed, especially today on the freezing day. I'm not going to mention the weather all day. I'm not going to mention it again, I promise. But, Kelly, we spoke briefly before the game, and what would we said? Fast start, didn't we? And we got it. Yeah, it feels like it's a long time since we've seen Watford come out of the traps like that. Let's start this conversation by admitting that Bristol City were really, really poor. Some of the journalists around me today saying that I think Dean Holden will be lucky to keep his job. But for so many times this season, Watford haven't taken advantage of the position of the opposition. We haven't exposed their vulnerabilities. And today we did exactly that. I felt like the intensity, everything about it was there. We took every opportunity that came. When it was 5-0, my, um, one of my colleagues said to me, Watford only had five shots on target. They'd had 15 shots at that point overall. I don't know what the final count was. But for once, it felt like we played with intent, intensity. We wanted to go and make a statement. And I think that's what we've done today. Is that something you noticed from the game, that it just felt like they were, they were up for it? It felt like the right players were in the right positions on the right place of the pitch with the right mentality. So we, let's talk about that then. Let's talk about yeah. the formation. And we saw when the team sheet came through and we, we worked out the, the formation. What were, your, what were your thoughts at that stage? This is the Watford team we've wanted to see. I'll start this by saying I'm a big Troy Deeney fan, as I know. I know some of the Watford fans aren't anymore, but I think we have to acknowledge that the role he's played in a struggling Watford side of late has been impressive. And it felt a little bit harsh, as one of my journalist colleagues wheels all his equipment out behind us. Um, it felt a little bit harsh to see him dropped, but he can't. I don't think he's right for that system. And I think we've wanted to see 4-3-3 for so long because it gets our best midfielders in their best positions, namely Will Hughes, that on paper is our best three attackers. And it's not just on paper because we've seen it on pitch today as well. They were, they were absolutely brilliant, the front three. And you noticed something about Troy, didn't you? You noticed he was standing up, a bit of a cheerleader throughout the game. And that's what we want because when Troy Deeney is not in the team, Troy Deeney still has the biggest role. He's, he literally is, I hate the cliche, 12th man, but he is in terms of being vocal and also just knowing we had him to come off the bench if we wanted to. Imagine if we had brought him on at 4-0 down, Bristol City would have been like, oh no, he would have ruffled a few feathers. He's got a big role to play, whether that's starting, maybe on today's performance, it isn't, but he's still got a massive role to play. He was shouting, he was up on his feet. That's exactly what we want from our club captain. It's been a tough week, hasn't it, leading up to today? Three results that didn't really go our way. Two draws and a, and a defeat. And it felt probably felt worse than that even, didn't it? And we felt like Watford have lost ground on the top two. But do you think what you've seen today... I know you don't get to see Watford first-hand as often as you would like now, that now they're playing well. <laughs> um, can a performance like that, do you think, kick-start the season for a genuine push for that top two you and I joked before kickoff as you walked past me in the press box and you said come on here we go again nice I'm not going to get excited because I'm fed up of week on week in week out saying this is the week it has to all come together it's now or never etc etc because we've said it too many times 
but this does feel a little bit different. I think it also feels different because of the formation change, because of the positivity around the team. And I'm not having any of the... I saw a few people on Twitter, oh, let's celebrate Deeney and Gray aren't, aren't starting, that's the answer, yada, yada, yada. No, it's not about who's not on the pitch, it's about who's on the pitch. And as cliched as it sounds, we don't need that negativity on social media because today let's celebrate who was on the pitch, who did a job. As I've said, Deeney still did his job off the pitch, in my opinion, as well. Let's just enjoy this performance, but it's just one performance. I just hope, and this is not me trying to be negative already, we can't let any complacency set in. We have to go with that intent every single week and do that to every single team because that squad has the ability to do that to pretty much any team in the Championship. Because that's one of the things that's frustrated me is that this team is, you know, you look at it and it could be a Premier League team on paper. If we'd have fielded most of the teams that we've started this season, you wouldn't in the Premier League, we wouldn't be upset. But they've looked like, certainly recently, they had the weight of the world on their shoulders and they just look like a bit of the, the, the expectation is weighing them down and a bit of self-doubt. What was your take on the sort of body language? I know it's, they, they were sort of home and hose quite early today, but your, the body language of the side and just the general aura and the feeling about the, the place this afternoon. Swagger I've wanted to see from Watford this season and I saw it towards the end and I almost feel like that second half will be as beneficial as the first half. The second half, when we weren't as free-scoring as we had been in the first half. I even joked at one point on final score that I was annoyed I had under goal to talk about. But that second half will be just as important because for Watford, it gave them a bit of freedom. They could play without the fear of losing. They could try things out. We got, we got to see uh, Gosling, Lazar, Zinconago, of course, getting his goal as well. That performance isn't just about scoring five goals. It was about the fact that it gave us the opportunity to try different things out and to be in a different position in a game that we haven't been in, because even when we've won this season, it's been so tight. So I hope they all wake up tomorrow morning, as we will, with a spring in our step and go, do you know, we're too good for this level. Let's, let's take this lead by the scruff of the neck now. Let's show there's some, there's some good teams in this division. I know people are saying it's a weak championship, but Norwich have had a bit of a wobble, but Norwich aren't going anywhere. Swansea and Brentford, they're the teams we now to be, need to be comparing ourselves to. Last weekend, I haven't seen all the results today because I was so caught up in this, but last weekend, Brentford went a goal down at Middlesbrough and then won 4-1. That's what we want from Watford. I don't just want us beating lowly struggling teams. We have to now show it against the other teams because as my Bristol City supporting mate texted me at full time, I knew that was going to happen. Well, mate, we didn't. (laughs) But from now on, I want teams to fear us. I want the fear of playing Watford to come back. Me too, me too. Now, I think we've, we've, today at least, we've, we've scored some goals at long last and we joked in the, in the week with some friends, it doesn't matter who you, Watford brought in, we, you know, there's been all this talk about Ivan Tony coming in and I've said, well, even if he had played, I think this Watford team would have struggled to yeah, make yeah. best use of him. How important, Kel, do you think the, the midfield is for Watford and getting that right? Will Hughes. Having Will Hughes where Will Hughes plays best is so important. Will Hughes stood out for me today, probably because it's the first time this season he's played where he's meant to be. But also, let's not forget, every week, I think, when we've seen that team come out as 4-4-2, Chalibur and Cleverley are good players, and we need their work rate, we need their defensive capabilities, we need their desire. But that's not been creative enough. Put Hughes alongside them, and it's just the perfect balance. This team has looked so unbalanced on so many times this season the defences look good the keepers look good but it's been about balance and today for the first time I saw that in the team we had creativity we had a bit of grit we had a bit of everything and I was on a podcast on the Totally Football League podcast um, which is of course part of the same kind of athletic family so I can mention that I just realised <laughs> and I was very negative on Monday I was very down um, about Munos as well and we've got to tip, tip our hat to him because he made those decisions today. Big calls at the beginning of the game to drop the skipper, to change the formation, and they paid off. 
But I said, I can't remember even, barely remember a good 45 or a wholesome 45 from Watford, let alone a wholesome 90. Well, thank you, boys. You must have listened because that was it. And that's what we need. We need balanced performances week in, week out. We won't always win 5-0. But if we put in performances like that, we'll win more than we lose. It's been a long time coming, but positivity abound. I said I wouldn't mention the weather again, but I am going to mention it one more time, Kelly. The listeners won't forgive me if we don't get an update on what gadgets you've got to keep you warm. <laughs> you've got an amazing coat on, looking incredibly warm. You've got DMs. What else have you got that's kept you uh, warm this afternoon? A little glimpse into the life of a, of a reporter. <laughs> I've got to be honest. Watford may have performed on the pitch, but my heated gadgets haven't. I've got, you can see, Mike, I'm showing you here yeah. what looks like I've just come out of prison. Yeah, she looks tag. like she's out on licence. Um, on both feet, I've got these heated socks and got little lights on different colour lights at the moment because I can't work out which colour light means on because none of them <laughs> seem to mean on so they haven't worked so right. I can't really feel my toes I've got a heated gilet on but I forgot the battery pack I also forgot the lead today for my ISDN kit so thank god Watford turned up because I barely did but I'm warm and to be honest I don't really care if if Watford are putting in performances like that I could have forgotten everything because um yeah more than made up for it Culver happy cheers Kelly Joined at Vicarage Road by the Athletics correspondent, Adam Leventhal. Adam, we just heard, that was a very downbeat start, wasn't it? A down, downbeat introduction, con- 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 considering what we've just seen. But I've just heard Dean Holden talking about his take on Bristol City performance. He was understandably pretty crestfallen and, and disappointed. But Adam, how was the Watford head coach compared to perhaps his last press conference or the last couple that he's had to give? It was maybe a little bit surprising that he wasn't getting too excited about it. It was actually quite nice to see, considering, you know, having seen Dean Holden afterwards and he's sort of having to search his soul to find answers and saying that it was really, really horrible and, you know, this is a real low moment for Bristol City. The fact that, that Shisko was saying that we have to be humble here, let's enjoy it for 20 minutes and then we look forward to the next game. And obviously, you know, that is an acknowledgement of this being a particularly busy week, you know, with Preston on Tuesday, Derby on Friday. Obviously, he was very happy with the performance you know he acknowledged the fact that yes this was a a change in a lot of things some were circumstantial we found out in the in the press conference that that Troy as we suspected because he didn't take part in the warm-up before the game he didn't warm up with the substitutes at half time and only had one little jog which looked more like anything that we would have liked to have done if we could he just went for a jog just to keep himself warm that he had actually picked up that knee injury at Coventry and he was basically there more as a cheerleader today that's great people pick up injuries but the fact that he wasn't in the side it did unlock a lot of things in that in that Watford side Chisco did say that he will play a role in this Watford team obviously and there will be rotations and there will be changes of system The head coach deserves a great deal of credit that, yes, it might have been sort of almost forced upon him that he couldn't pick Troy today. But even if he was fit, I I wonder whether this was a moment where he had to say, look, we've been working on different things. Let's play 4-3-3. Let's play Zhao through the centre, play Semmer and Sarah either side and see how it goes. He needed to make a statement and that's exactly what he did. So I think great credit to him, but also credit to the team for putting that performance together, that dynamic, energetic, cohesive performance. Because it's the first time really this season that from 1 to 90, 
they did it all the way. I was going to ask, so pra- pragmatic from the head coach, and a lot of obviously a lot of the talk on 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 Twitter on social media amongst Watford fans throughout the world who obviously tune in to, to watch their team on a on a Saturday. They've been crying out for perhaps either a different formation and a, and a slight change in personnel. But how much is down to that today? Do you think it's down to the change in formation, and how much is down to? And this all has to be contextualised against the backdrop of a very, diff- a very difficult afternoon for Bristol City. I think there's, you know, one estimate was that they're missing 13 players that they didn't have to choose from. So let's recognise that, but put it to one side for a minute, because Watford did play well. Uh, but how much is down to that change in, in formation, change in positions, or just an attitudinal shift, perhaps, from, from some of these Watford players, sensing blood and then actually going on and doing it? Because they've had opportunities against weakened or weaker sides before and simply haven't taken them yeah I think it was a yeah you're absolutely right it was it was a change of attitude but I think the change of personnel allowed um that freedom and you know having Will Hughes in the side playing central surprise surprise it made Watford <laughs> a better team and yeah it wasn't in a 4-4-2 but no it, it was it was him sitting there as an anchor and it allowed both Cleverly and Shalabar to do the pressing that Shisco Munoz wants them to do and it then meant and we discussed this in the last podcast and I mean to be fair we've been discussing it all season that yeah if you if you want that high press and you want that 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 real intense pressure you can't leave a big void in behind and by having Hughes there setting the tempo it just worked perfectly and that's what Shisco Munoz said he said it was perfect and you look at the whole sort of offering of the of that Watford side when you have Sema, João Pedro and Saar up there, you've got Cleverly and Shalabar both joining in with attacks, overlapping runs, playing balls in behind as well. I mean, the first goal came from, you know, that great ball from, from Shalabar in for, in for Saar. Um, it, it, just, it, it was just lots of rotation. It was, it was clockwork, wasn't it? It was like cogs. just more right. fluid. Yeah, it worked perfectly, but that's, that's what everyone had been crying out for. You're, you're right in terms of the attitude. They were all on the same page. They seemed to be energised by the fact that they had been set up like that. And we also heard from Adam Messina as well in the post-match press conference. And he said something interesting. And he sort of acknowledged what we'd all heard about and we found out that, you know, prior to the Coventry game, the way that they performed was as a result of changing what they had planned to do to what they actually did. And it shows that having had a whole week working to this system, playing this way, this is the sort of performance that they can deliver. Um, so, yeah, I think that they will be, they will be cautious because they are going to have to rotate. Yeah. And they know that, yes, this is the, this is the sort of the perfect combination and the way that they want to be set up and probably the personnel that they want to have in every game. But it's going to be difficult. But it's a great sort of foundation stone that they've now laid would have been better having it earlier on in the season <laughs> but you know have this this is the benchmark and I said to, to, to Shisco Munoz at the end of the press so it was like you've made it really difficult for yourself now by winning 6-0 <laughs> but look he said yeah we have to you know we've, we've done it we'll, in, we'll have a beer but we have to sort of you know forget about this and go on to the next one but they've shown what they can do they've got some confidence coursing through their veins and yeah and it's also a bit of a message to to the other teams in the league who were thinking they're one dimensional they only score penalties so you know enjoy it and I think for everyone as well uh, there's a bit of you know I had I, I got to the ground I was feeling a bit sort of 
melancholy and a bit down just for other things and stuff and to have that that is a great boost i think i hope everyone you know watching it wherever they were in the world just really enjoyed that because you know we've been crying out for something to make us feel positive and it was a philip yeah. wasn't it yeah. a philip zinkenagel oh, if, you, if you will Let, let's just run very quickly through those through those players i think they some of them warrant it i think for once we're not going to talk about the defense daniel backman had literally nothing to do I don't think he had a, had a save to make yeah. defensively watford pretty sound throughout didn't again not too many questions asked of them you've mentioned um you mentioned will hughes who seemed to revel really in in that central role as we hoped he would really stepping to the fore and obviously in your your chat with uh, Filippo Giraldi, he mentioned that he could be a leader and he could mm. be someone who yeah. could should be stepping up, and and he absolutely did. In terms of cleverly and 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 Chalabar, then how do you think they they performed in in having been freed up a little bit, if you like, with with Will Hughes in the middle there? Well, I think it, it's more sort of natural, really, for for Chalabar to to be pushing forward and having the the opportunity to play the balls in behind because I think he fancies himself a little bit as a, as a bit of a playmaker yeah. rather than a just an enforcer he's got it in him yeah and and he he did do that I don't think I don't think you know one performance makes him you know turns him into you know Andrea Pirlo or anything but you know he's I bumped into Andrea Pirlo on the beach once in Ibiza how about that I was lying reading my book looked, turned right looked over to my right and there was Pirlo are you joking no because that that happened to me as well. Oh my God! On my honeymoon. Welcome to Perlo Tales. No, so this was this was amazing. On my honeymoon, we were in Ibiza, same place on the beach. He arrived, sort of round the back to my left hand side, put his put his towel down, walked round onto the beach, and just walked into this very cool water. It was very cool at that point because it was quite early on in the year. And they just go. Tss- he, As he walked in, he he walked in, didn't flinch at all. Obviously, looked immaculate, of and you know, swished his hair around, just looked cool as a cucumber. And I was thinking, ah, oh, we've already got married. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Then, so Chalabar has, has has combined us with talks about uh, Andrea Perlo on on beaches. So a, a better performance from from Chalabar. And then, or, or, or ironically, hooked at half time. Perhaps the fact he was on a yellow card and uh, and, yeah. and Watford. Home and hosed by by that stage. Yeah. Tom Cleverley, um, you know, Dean Holden referenced him in his his um, press conference. I think probably we got the ten Tom Cleverley that we're going to need today, didn't we? In in the championship, doing what we know Tom Cleverley does best. So midfield a lot more functional, yeah. and it brought into play that front three, didn't it? And at the start of the season, if you look at, if you said we we're going to have Ismail Assar, Juan Pedro, and Ken Semmer up top as a 4-3-3 if we're going to go with, with, with that's what it was Up, skillful players pace nimble and an ability to finish and probably for the first time this, this season we saw Watford as a, as a potent threat and how do you think those three looked I mean take the scoreline out of it because obviously scoring early Ismail Asar straight away almost summed up his season for the goal I thought because he'd almost had too much space and too much time to think about it. and I thought he'd fluffed his cross and it took a deflection and ultimately ended up in the back of the net and Watford were up and running. How do you think those front three looked and how often do you think Watford fans can expect to see that in the, in the coming games? Well, I, I would hope they can be reunited against Preston. I fear that, you know, maybe an away day, maybe trying to sort of rotate and think, right, well, let's, you know, we're back here against Derby. Maybe we can do the same on Friday. Maybe we might try something a little bit different. We don't want to put too much pressure on them. Do they have to think that, though? I don't know. Well, 
I think it's na- I think it would be naive to to just sort of go no 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 we've won we've done this we we have to go again 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 again, yeah. again you know there is there is you know there's the medical there's the sports science side of everything and you know I think that they don't need to sort of we don't need to think oh we only we can only perform like that if we play those players yeah. I think the system is the way forward but then we did sort of get an insight into when you lose the savviness of some of the players that were going off you know the fact that we'd started with cleverly and when he came off and there was a lot of change it was almost like an inter- an international friendly a little bit in that second half wasn't it that it gets a little bit more disjointed but i think overall you've got sema sar and jao pedro they're all sort of i mean they're all everywhere all the players are young and and fit and everything but you know i, I think that they can be you almost want that to be your starting yeah. starting front three because Joao Pedro although he didn't he didn't score he could have had a hat for he was he was very sort of um fluid in his movement I think the way he moves the ball yeah. when he has it, and it, you can take it for, for granted a little bit if nothing comes of it but he's there one minute gone the next and yeah. it's not necessarily skinning his man but it's just his um, his confidence and he's so comfortable on yeah. the ball he knows where it is and it's just that innate understanding and skill he has doesn't it that was leaving Bristol City defenders sort of cursing basically wasn't it yeah and I think that you know I think another element to the performance as well is the fact that it showed the depth of the squad now that everyone is there and, and pretty much fit I know Troy wasn't wasn't fit and I, I was quite impressed just in a short little spell of having Ashraf Lazar on the left-hand side. I don't know how much of a player he's going to be, but he looked pretty tidy. Two fouls as he kissed straight away when he came oh, on. No, but at least it shows that he's ready. He's up for the fight. It wasn't, he wasn't sort of caught napping with a ball in behind or anything like that. He looked pretty lively. Dan Gosling seemed to slot in. It was very sort of... I thought know. he was terrific, actually. Yeah. I think Dan Gosling warrants a, a bit more of a minute because he came on at half-time for, yeah. for Chalabar and he looked like he buzzed around, didn't he? Yeah. He got involved. Two opportunities. He put one yeah. just wide and had, a, had another chance a little bit later. So, there was a lot of perhaps consternation about him as a signing but straight away this afternoon I thought we saw how much he could, could perhaps benefit this squad yeah to have a, a word about Zinkenagel as well put in more central in you know one of those sort of pincer positions of, of Shalabara or Cleverly more central rather than maybe more naturally being out on the left hand side where João Pedro ended up you know he showed that he I, what I love about him is that you know that his his weight can take him either way and I think that's going to be a huge asset because he's so difficult to pick especially in those central areas yes you know if you're playing him on the left hand side you can try and edge him out towards towards a corner flag yes we know that he can come in but when you're central and you need to just have a little bit of guile I suppose to, to create some space he's got that and I think that that's really important and what I liked as well is that we, we've been really predictable and we weren't predictable today. And I think that that is the sort of the moral of the story. We have been so one-dimensional. There was barely a long ball that went up. And, you know, this isn't a, a criticism of Troy Deeney. Um, it sounds like this is going to be a criticism of Troy well, Deeney. Yeah. No, but, but when, you have, when you have him in the side, you can only really do one thing. Chisco Munoz, he acknowledged the fact that when he was popping up all over the field and playing deeper and all that sort of stuff, come on, that's not the way forward. We've got, we've got creative players that can do that. We can pop little passes in, we can rotate, we can you know, play in lovely triangles. It was almost just like the, the clouds parted and this sunshine came through and you thought, all oh, right, we can do it. You know, so many times I've said on this podcast, 
what are you doing? You're doing it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just did what they can do, and it was just, a, it was so... It was enjoyable, it was wasn't enjoyable. it? It was enjoyable. For the, fir- for the yeah. first time in a long time, and I think that's something that we all need to, to do. Let's not delve too much into, into it. It's a, it's a 6-0 home win, and, and Watford... It could be a benchmark, couldn't it? It could be a line in the sand. We've got two games in a week, Tuesday and it's Friday, I think, mm. isn't it? Away at Preston, and then we've got Derby County at home who are, who are struggling as well. So more opportunities for this Watford side to to really press on and finally perhaps light a t- uh, the blue touch paper under this under this uh, season. We'll see how they use people like Philip Zinkenagel in, in future because he uh, uh, Zinkenagel and Gosling could, after, after all, be, you know, Difference makers for this for this Watford squad. My favourite goal lad was um, it was Sars first because it looked quite simple, but what he did he sold the goalie didn't he? Took a touch, dummy the goalie and made it look a lot easier than it actually was. So I'm going to nick that one. Which was your favourite of the uh, of the six? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I would probably say the. Oh, you've nicked the one that I quite fancied, actually. I'm just trying to think what the fourth one was. That Was that Mark, uh, Mark Hughes? <laughs> was he playing as well? That was Will Hughes' deflected one. Yeah. Fifth came in the second half. A nice finish from Mishmael Sarr for the fifth as well. Sarr, that one. I will take that one. He that, needed, he needed no, that also, as well. But that, yeah, sorry, there's been so many bloody goals, I couldn't remember <laughs> which one it was. Um, but yeah, that, that also gave a little insight into the build-up of what Will Hughes brings to the side. Not only anchoring but comfortable bringing the ball forward. And I know there was a little bit of a deflection when it sort of it, it was then knocked on to Saar. But he just had that confidence coursing through his veins, didn't he, once again? And it was such a, such a cool, calm finish. And how many goals were from penalties? Zero. The sixth, of course, was a nice one as well. And just a little mention for, for Andre at the end there when you know, he effectively threw on and kept his, kept his wits about him and played, yeah. played the ball instead of taking it on and, and secured the sixth. And when those three... Zinkanagel, Saar and, and Gray broke forward. I mean, I really felt for the Bristol City defenders, including Adrian Mariapa, trying to keep up with those three. It was a really pacey, powerful counter-attack in the 89th minute. And I think that that shows, and we started, you know, started this, this discussion from the first to the last minute, they were on it. And I thought that was, that was absolutely fantastic. So fair play to Sixo Munoz. Very good, Adam. I'm going to give you a chance to redeem yourself by naming your man of the match. Who is it for you? Uh, Will Hughes. Will Hughes. Well done. William Hughes, Esquire. Well done, Watford FC. Well done. Well, well done, Adam. You've stuck with me in the, in the freezing cold here, me asking you ridiculous questions uh, at the top of a, of a lift shaft. Cheers, my friend. Absolute pleasure. Well done, everyone. Enjoy your weekends. So, that is that. Uh, just leaving Vicarage Road now. Floodlights still on, quarter past six. Uh, all the media are wrapping up their duties, all the press conferences done, all everything being readied for the, the ground to be shut up, locked up, um, before there's another game, of course, on Friday. So, yeah, Watford won 6 0. Uh, and I've got to say, you know, I do leave the ground with a smile on my face and a spring in my step. I said at the start of the podcast how exciting it is to see Vicarage Road, see the pitch. Um, and that's that's absolutely true, but it has been tough for the last certainly two or three weeks. You know, with lockdown and everything, and the state of the world is is quite tricky. And Watford haven't exactly been bringing a whole heap of joy with the with the matches they've been involved with. So to see them win six nil 
Um, an absolute riot. It was a romp, wasn't it? And to see that was was brilliant. So I do leave Vicarage Road with, you know, just a, you know, feeling a little bit taller, a little bit happier. And I hope that everyone watching was able to to feel that as well. Of course, it is sad that there aren't people here to watch it. The ground have been absolutely buzzing today, um, but it is where we're at. And what we hope from to get from our football really is a bit of joy, a bit of excitement, um, something that puts a smile on our face. And Watford have well and truly done that today. Some scintillating football, some lovely goals. João Pedro even managed to get in a fight at 5-0 up and the game done. That was brilliant. The boys looked like they cared. They sprayed the ball around. They played some decent stuff. We're smiling. And I think at this time, that is really, really important. Football should make you smile and and they've done that today so i hope you've enjoyed coming with me thank you for listening to me waffle on i appreciate it i appreciate every time someone listens to to from the rookie end it means a a great deal and uh, it's an absolute thrill to have been here today for such a, a brilliant performance thank you to kelly for for joining me lovely to see kelly uh, incredibly busy as you know um, and thank you as always to to adam for his insight uh, interesting to hear Adam's take on the game but today thanks most of all to Watford Football Club a six star performance three points and on we go the season starts here perhaps anyway come on you horns yellows yellows The Athletic